Hey there, everybody. My name is John Mariano, and I'm from the Feeding the Monster podcast feed. I am here to let you know that we have a plethora of shows on the Feeding the Monster podcast feed, and whatever you do, do not tune in. You don't want to hear from Corey Morissette, Jeff Hillbilly, Scripps Saunders, Mark Aiden Collier, Thomas Rustling, or myself. All of our shows are hot garbage. They are structured stupidity, and they are not worth your listen. So whatever you do, do not tune in to the Feeding the Monster podcast feed. We do not want any new fans at all. Back to you. Hey team, I'm Grace Hancock, and I wanted to let you know that I'm adding new designs to my Society6 shop with several on their way. If you didn't know, you can go to society6.com slash Mrs. Graceface and shop prints of my original artwork, as well as tons of other items like stationery, notebooks, mugs, throw pillows. It's a great place to shop for gifts or just for yourself, especially in my shop if you like witchy expressionism. So head to society6.com slash Mrs. Graceface and check it out. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from beautiful Burbank, California, this is TNF in Session. A recording made with my lovely friends from Patreon, but shared with the world. My name is Ken Napsack, and happy to be here with all of you. Having a lot of technical problems today, so if you're watching on YouTube, we'll see how this goes. But hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So, here we are. I take some questions from my Patreon page. I take my questions live from the Patreon audience, and we hope it all works. I'll even uh, I'll even tell I'll I'll ask my my listeners right now. Can you hear me? I don't know. I don't know. We got some people here in chat. Chris Kiefer's here. Christy McGee. Pete Rich. Christy and Pete already fighting over strawberry jelly. Oh, what's going on there? I don't know. Um, we also have... Um, yes. All right. All right. Now that... now that's, See, the chat's just catching up. Really weird stuff going on. Really weird stuff going on. I apologize, everybody. We're going we're gonna to maintain. It's been that kind of day. Uh, all right. It's been that kind of year. It's been that kind of decade. Aren't we all kind of experiencing this? You just got to press through. That's the lessons. That's the lessons we got to learn. Press, press on, press through. Uh, hello, hello, friends. Let's get right to the questions. This is what we got. We got some questions from our Patreon supporters. 
Uh, they uh, asked me some questions all over the map. This is why I love doing the show. There's no set way this is going to go. We're going to figure it out, and then we're going to go live in uh, chat. Um, then I'm going to have to switch back to YouTube to actually watch the questions in chat because StreamYard, I'm lucky we're even alive. I'm on Wi-Fi right now. Normally, I'm, I'm plugged in, uh, but it, it just everything's wonky. That's the title of my, my book. Everything's wonky. All right, first question of the day. Ken, get get together. You're a professional broadcaster, allegedly. Allegedly. All right, Alice Wadsworth asked this. We call her Star Wars Alice. Ken, please tell me how Moff Gideon ended up with the Darksaber. Well, I can't tell you that. We don't know that. That is a Mandalorian question. Season two of Mandalorian. The time of this recording, just about a week away. And we might get that answer. That that answer is not important without the why. Why does Moff Gideon want the Darksaber? What's he going to do with it is secondary, because the why will dictate that. But there'll be some, hopefully, some fun canon reveals of the Purge of Mandalore and how the Darksaber, which we last saw with Bo-Katan cries. Uh, we'll see if it ends up, or how it ended up, with Moff Gideon. But again, more importantly, Why? Why? That's why I, uh, uh, I I do the do what I do, uh, Force Center and whatnot, to discover the discover the whys of Star Wars. I've written the book, Why We Love Star Wars. Maybe I should write the whys of Star Wars. You know what I mean? That's a good idea. Mark that down. Put it down somewhere. This though does bring up a question about how it's just it's something that's really, I guess, passionate's the word about how we consume some of this pop culture stuff. Um, and there's no wrong way to consume it. That's one thing that's on my mind. It's okay. However you want to watch Star Wars, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, Lost, Stranger Things, any of those kind of big event programs uh, or movies, Mar- Marvel. There's many ways to enjoy it. I have just become so engaged by the idea and excited and energized by the idea of, of digging into what the scenes and what the movies and what the characters and what the end result of the story is and what it means to us, the whys of the story. And I, I don't offer this as irrefutable fact, but like I, I'm, I tell you, I'm telling you, a lot of some of some of uh, the issues with later seasons of Game of Thrones, Star Wars movies, certain MCU movies, though they're generally received, a lot of the problems stem from people just not watching it for the why, only dealing with the how, the what, and reacting in the moment, and not seeing where the story goes, not seeing where it can take you, not seeing what it's meant to uh, to invoke in you, and that includes uh, if a character does something bad and. We don't like that character. Well, you're supposed to learn from that. Uh, and, and look, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a theory person. Uh, I love a good conspiracy inside of a story. I have a lot of Game of Thrones theories and ideas, but that isn't the end of the story, you know? And I just have seen the last couple of years of, of just, uh, this is bad. And good, so, some things are done bad. I'm reading the book by James Hibbard, Fire Cannot Kill a Dragon. Which is the oral kind of the oral history of the making of Game of Thrones, and there's some absolute uh, 
moments in that book where some of the people involved, a lot of the directors, actually are like, yeah, that scene didn't, it did not come off the way we intended or it could have been done better. So there's, and, and even to properties I love, like Rise of Skywalker, ah, there's things that could have been done better. I just, I just don't stop, don't stop there in your criticism of it. And I know that sprung up, that sprung up a lot over the last, it's probably always been there, but probably less four or five years. It's just been prominent why I pulled away from that industry. All that from Alice's question about Moff Gideon and how he got the dark saber, which is a great question because I want to know it. But we might not get the clear-cut answer that we want. And we have to pull back and go, what is the story telling us there? All right, looking in chat, everyone's having a great time, and that's good. It's so weird that StreamYard's just like today, like, nah. This is, this is the last chat I heard. It's me asking, can you hear me? That's the last chat I heard. That's the last chat I saw. Ken learned to talk today. Do you even know what you're doing today, Ken? It's a special episode of TNF in Session. Kristen McGee says, I gave him the Darksaber. I didn't realize Kristen McGee is as much as a, a witch as she is. Kristen McGee is one of the Knapsack File faithful. She's a Saturday nighter. And I met her in New York City. New York City? Get a rope. I met her there during a show because Josh McCuga stepped on her table and stole her fries. And so, you know, I was like, oh, but she had an afternoon shirt on. And I kind of find out through, uh, you know, she listens to Think Piecing with my uh, my girlfriend, uh, her podcast that you all should be listening to. And Grace is like, Christy's the best. She's an app. She's just a witch. She's a witchy person. I didn't realize Christy's is evil. <laughs> no, witches aren't evil. Uh I didn't realize Christy's just, she's diabolical. So it would track. It would track that Christy McGee would give Moff Gideon the Darksaber. By the way, this, uh, I know this show goes to the general public, but the <clears throat> reason I love doing this show is this, this show I see is a, is a celebration of the community that's formed up around my silly little words. Um, really, absolutely. Uh, and I, I know all these names on an individual basis, and I know not everyone listening does. Um, but that's part of what I love doing this show. Kristen McGee says, might be evil. Uh, Andres Ortiz, that's actually Andrew Ortiz, as we know him around these parts, uh, going back to the, my ramblings about how we view things, is we've forgotten to wonder. Forgotten how to wonder, Ken. And that's 100% true. I, I don't want to single this... Um, I don't know this person, but there's, there's a, a, fan, a fan edit of a certain part of Rise of Skywalker around Kylo Ren. And his and and Ben Solo, technically Ben Solo, and his redemption. And I don't want to have that discussion here. But this this person put a lot of effort, uh, uh, got some talent into the ghost of Force Ghost of Anakin's speaking up to Ben Solo in that moment. And I, I understand where that comes from. But all that's already there. It's there in the and not just the dialogue. It's more importantly there in the face of Adam Driver. You have to be able to watch these pieces of art and be open to the interpretations and read between the lines, read and listen to the other side of the page. Why have we gotten to the point where everyone needs, you know, Force Ghost Anakin to come up and just like, like it's VH1 pop-up video from back in the day and go, this is what the character's going through and this is what it means. You know, sometimes, I get it, sometimes you need that. I don't want to go down that route because uh, this is this is this is going to go to the public on the on, on YouTube and someone will comment. Dig deeper. That's all I'm saying. D 
dig deeper. All right. Uh, next question uh, from Andy Ortiz. A lot of people in live chat debating how evil Christy is. Um, probably pretty evil. Andy Ortiz writes, hello, Ken. Before having dinner, do you prep yourself? <laughs> the last month or so, every day around 5.30, I find myself watching One Bite Pizza Reviews, and I do not have pizza every day, but it gets me ready for dinner. I need to watch One Bite, one bite Pizza Reviews. What a genius idea. I'm over here trying to make it in the digital media world. Every episode of Napsack Files gets me about 12 cents. Uh, you know, I'm scrambling. Oh, we're all scrambling. And everyone, you can go the dark side and go get clicks. You can do it. And someone has this idea, one bite pizza reviews. They're probably doing great. And that's probably all they do. That's what I should have done. Ken Knapsack reviews gas station, gas station sandwiches should just be the only thing I do. I'd be a millionaire, I tell you. Do I prep myself? That sounds giggity. Um, do I prep myself? Uh, no. Unless I'm cooking. Now that I'm cooking more, there's a thing. You know, it's, it, it, there's a process. I got to make sure I have the time to do it, number one. And it's so funny. I talked to my dad. My dad has a great salsa recipe. And um, I called him up and asked for it. Dad, this is our only legacy. Fresh salsa with some cilantro, heavy on the cilantro. He says, yeah, I'll get, I'll get the recipe to you. He has it yet, by the way. Um, but I, it, it's, it's, I haven't had it in years, um, unfortunately, and it, it, he's great. So, um, but he tells me, he's like, we're talking about how he prepares it, and he says something in the conversation. He goes, You'll pro- you might want to get like a slicer or something, and he had already given me something, a device. Actually, this is the kind of point of the story. He goes, like that thing I gave you, and you can slice stuff up a little bit. He goes, but I like manually just within a knife just just slicing tomatoes and onions and olives and and, and cilantro it just relaxes me and I laughed because I said that's exactly why I do that too I said you sent me that slicer and I tried it once and I like didn't like it I it didn't like it I am so calm and relaxed when I'm slicing things it is a little moment of zen so there you go there's genetics for you um but so I'll need that kind of prep so it's like a mental prep more than Andy's talking about watching pizza reviews, getting you psyched up. I love the idea that we need to get psyched up to eat, eat, eat dinner. I think that's underrated. Psych yourself up to eat. It's a great thing. We are all fortunate to have food, um, to have food at, our, at the ready, that I can go to 7-Eleven and get a full meal if I want, and I often want to. And a lot of you might judge me for that, but we are blessed. My, my grandmother and, and grandfather, but... My grandmother is still alive. She she grew up in Kiev in the Ukraine, and her sister grew up in Chernobyl. And uh, still, after my grandmother and grandfather grandfather came over here, like her sister was still in Chernobyl even during that time. And um, all the stories were true. Um, like my grandmother used to send mail back like contraband beans, cans of beans, or tomatoes, uh, Levi jeans, all those things you kind of hear of. Um, you know, communist Russia in the 80s type of thing, like all those kind of stereotypes. Like grandmother was doing that. And uh, so therefore my grandma and grandpa would all, anytime I was around, it was it was, it was was the joke, eat, eat, eat. You could put that on a shirt. Eat Kenny, eat Kenny. Because they grew up, you know, and came of age and, and, you know, before they came to America where eating every day was not um, not guaranteed. So I am blessed by that. But I, I, I blessed, uh, I don't overlook that. Um, uh 
so I think that's, I think we should all just sit down and not necessarily psych ourselves up, but just like really prepare ourselves for the food that's coming our way, you know? Right? I think they, I think Andy's touched on something pretty good. This is why I love doing the show. I never would have thought about psyching yourself up for the joy of eating, mentally preparing, but there it is. I do. And when I'm cooking, um, when I'm cooking, uh, I, um, I, uh, I'll listen to some Coast to Coast AM, uh, or AM Coast to Coast, Coast to Coast AM, uh, which is the uh, George Norrie, formerly Art Bell, conspiracy weird uh, radio show. That's just it's, it, it goes all over the place, and I'll put those I'll put those on the AirPods, and I'll just listen to that and cook and relax myself. It is truly a little moment of Zen. Uh, Christy in chat says I compulsively compulsively overfeed people as well. Well, see then there again too. That could be. Proof that Christy McGee is a is a benevolent soul, or could be that she's evil and uh, and weighing people down and overfeeding them with heavy pastas and breads uh, so that she can trap them. She might be a bad witch. She might be a good witch. We're, we're, the jury's still out on Christy McGee. Chris Kiefer, he's in chat now, and he's here on Patreon. He asked me this question: Are there any musicals you like? They are very hit or miss for me, but I watched La La Land recently and loved it. Musicals. Oh, by the way, uh, StreamYard chat just caught up. Mm, Christy McGee says, I am fattening them up. I knew it. I knew it. All right, to Chris's question. Um, this is a great question. I don't like musicals. I don't. I say that. I don't like them. I don't seek them out. Someone's like, ah, have you seen, uh, you know, have you seen uh, Rent? No. I can barely pay rent. I don't want to see people singing about it. All right, I'm done with it. However, there are a lot of times in my life where I could say, oh, yeah, I love that movie, and it's a musical. So who am I to judge? You know, my mom loves The Greatest Showman. Uh, you know, I'm, I know some of the movie is problematic or the choice to cover P.T. Barnum is problematic. Why, I, you know, I don't say that to my mother. I'm not going to take away her joy. She wants to see Hugh Jackman sing. I want to see Hugh Jackman sing. So, musicals. I don't have any deep cuts. There's no, like, surprises, right? There's no, like, oh, there's this little um, French revival of something. No, I, I grew up watching Grease, John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John, because my mom loved it, too. I grew up watching Yentl, because my mom loved that, too. I made reference to that this past week in Saturday Night Napsock. It is true. Papa, can you hear me? Papa, can you see me? I, my mom's a big Barbara Streisand fan. Um, so I grew up watching that all the time. All the time. I thought high school was going to be like Greece. And I've said that before, and I don't think people understand that I'm not joking. I, as a young kid, knowing that that high school was on the horizon, and I was very scared about high school. I was very scared. Going to ninth grade, going to junior high was scared. Sixth grade, for me, sixth grade was elementary school up to seventh grade. That was the new school, Judkins Middle School in Pismo Beach, California. I was so scared. But then high school, so scared because what's this world and in the early 80s in my hometown, a Royal Grande High School where I went to high school, they had some um, some like fights and stuff that were happening. And I was too young, like like not like not like normal high school fights. 
there was like, and I think it was really, I think it was like kind of like race war riots. It was, but I was so young. We had just moved to this town and my mom, I would hear her talking about with the neighbors. And so I had this view that an all out like war is happening at high school. So growing up thinking, well, what is high school going to be like? I don't want to be there. I don't, there's some, there's some serious stuff going on there. I'm just going to watch G.I. Joe and Transformers and be done with it. So I would see Greece and I'd be like, well, high school doesn't seem so bad. High school doesn't seem so bad. Kristen McGee saying, I want to see high school Ken dressed as a T-bird. Um, no, I did dye my hair black at one point, but that was after high school. Ramalama ding dong. Yeah. Um, I, it's hundred percent true. I, I, I would watch, watch it and think, that doesn't seem so bad. You know, you meet a, you meet a nice Australian girl, you race cars, you run track a little bit. Sid Caesar's your coach. That's good. You all go to a dance contest. I'm all for it. Yeah. First day of ninth grade, I started singing. No one else joined me. That's fine. But more true than I care to admit, except for the singing part. I did not sing in high school. Other musicals. I'm trying to give an honest answer. So my relationship with La La Land is this. It becomes comes out and it becomes one of the big things. Everyone was, everyone had an opinion on it, right? It's the way way film criticism it film criticism is. Everyone's got a hot take, hot take, hot take, hot take. Everyone had one on La La Land, so I finally got to see it. Watched it at home. I didn't see it in the theater. I turned it off twenty minutes in. Uh, I couldn't finish it. Uh, I did finish it. I fell asleep. I think it took two nights. I was like, I don't like that at all. Scott Mance, I love you, but I don't like this movie at all. And that was my and that, that's honest. I'm not making that up. But then I start dating uh, Grace, La La Land. She's like, that's one of my favorite movies. So I'm like, all right, well, she's like, you want to watch it? I want, I'm feeling in the mood to watch La La Land tonight. And I said, okay, great. So I watched the movie again, but I watched it through her eyes. The movie, Emma Stone's character is like a, uh, you know, a actor out of Arizona with red hair who's a, trying to make it and heartbreak and trials and tribulations and all those kind of things. And it's like, uh, you know, Grace is like, this is, I, this is, this is my story. And so the ability to take off my own, I don't like this hat and just kind of connect with it through her. It was powerful. So now I, I like the movie. I like the movie. And then I'm not saying I'm a hero, but I am. I was like, Oh, you know, this one scene, there's these actually a few of these scenes were shot at the smokehouse. You ever been in the smokehouse? She's like, what? No. So yeah, let's go to dinner at the smokehouse. So now it's like our thing uh, prior to lockdown. And it was one of, uh, you know, d- dare I say, one of the only things I've done right in our relationship was take her over to the smokehouse where she had a very emotional moment going, oh my gosh, this, I've connected so much. It'd be like, it'd be like if she was like, you want to go to the Death Star? Because they shot the Death Star over here. Like it's the real Death Star. It's just, it's over in, in Sherman Oaks. I would have bawled. So there you go. Um, there you go. So, uh, other choices in chat here. Uh, any other musicals you guys like? You guys can uh, ring it in there. I love the word. Oh, Hillbilly Scribs says, I wish 9 to 5 was a musical. It's not? Yeah, it's not. Dabney Coleman. Turn you 
from a chicken to a rooster, or a roo- no, a rooster to a hen. What's the quote? I'll tell you from a rooster to a hen. It's not, yeah, it's right. It isn't a musical. The song, Dolly Parton's 9 to 5, working 9 to 5. What a way to make a living. Um, yeah, I guess that makes you think it's a musical, but it's not. Okay. Okay. Hibble Scribb says, in my head canon, Travolta uses Scientology magic to make that car fly at the end of Greece. Yeah, I do enjoy the theory, that theory that they're really dead. <laughs> and that they're angels flying off. I can get behind that theory. Uh, was Blues Brothers a musical? Uh, you know, that's the thing, too. Uh, you know, if there's a bunch of songs and dancing in there, because I'll watch Belushi and Aykroyd dance. I love... I love that, especially when on Saturday Night Live. Ackroyd, I love that. I dance like Ackroyd. I'm not saying that's good. Uh, Andy Ortiz says Hamilton. I haven't seen Hamilton. I, for no reason. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Just haven't, haven't had a chance. Again, but here's why. If you were like, hey, uh, this guy, Lin-Manuel Miranda, made this movie called Hamilton, and it is... Uh, an interesting and different look at uh, Hamilton and Burr and that whole thing and, and you want to watch it, I'd be like, ooh, I love that stuff. I love history. And then and then I sit down to watch it and you're like, and there's no singing. I'd be like, oh, I'm on board. But the moment you're like, and it's a musical, I'm like, I'll get to it. Thank you. That's on me. That's on me. You know, I don't know. Uh, uh, Wizard of Oz, That's I, that's a musical. Who doesn't? I enjoy Wizard of Oz. I really do. I really do. Unironically enjoy Wizard of Oz. Chris Kiefer says we need more singing Ken on podcasts. Um, do you? Do you really? Uh, I don't know. So anyways, you guys are tossing. Seven, uh, Christy McGee, like seven brides for seven brothers, which sounds like some sort of witch spell. Uh, what is Brigadoon? Brigadoon. Yes, there you go. Uh, secretly Senior Citizen. Camelot. Star Wars Alice uh, says that. There we go. Um, all right. Okay. Cool. I love that. Thank you for that question, Chris. Um, well, okay. So, here, but here's the. All right. I'm 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 going spiraling out uh, down a different direction here. As a huge Beatles fan, I would consider "Hard Day's Night" and "Help" sort of musicals. The songs aren't moving the plot forward, and maybe that's the dividing line, right? There's no plot in Help or Hard Day's Night that the songs themselves are moving forward. But the action happening during the songs, particularly in Help, do move things forward. So they're really just movies with music videos wrapped in between them. Help, I, I think Help's great. I think it's silly. Um, it sets, it's set the tone for my silly side of my sense of humor. Hey, Beatle, you should have fun. No, thanks. I'm rhythm and guitar and mouth organ. Love that. But Hard Day's Night, I think it's an art piece. I think Hard Day's Night is a good film. I really think it is. Magical Mystery Tour, not so much, but I do love Magical Mystery Tour. That same thing. Not quite a musical. Is that, is that the official definition? Could someone look that up? A musical is anything where the song itself moves the story forward. You have to have the song and what the characters are singing about affect the story. Otherwise, Return of the Jedi with the Jedi rock sequence, musical. Uh, Pete Rich in chat says, South Park, bigger, longer, uncut. Definitely a musical. I do like that one. It's been a few years. 
Trey says, <laughs> musical semantics, oi. I think that's actually a musical. Musical semantics, oi. Like the producers, I don't really like. I, the, my favorite version of the producers is the Larry David one in Kirby Enthusiasm. <laughs> Never seen that. Again, I, I, but I, I don't want to discount anyone's love of musicals or the talent it takes to put them off. Um, yeah, anyways, I love this show today. We're, we're going all over the place. To Patreon we go. Robbie, Robbie says, greetings, Ken. I've been watching a horror spooky movie every night this month in honor of the upcoming holiday. Thanksgiving is pretty bad. I tend to watch classics as newer horror movies are often too gratuitously gruesome for my liking. A highlight has been Hammer Films' Dracula starring Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. Is there a classic horror movie you love? Robbie, you are my backup husband. You should know this. Um, I can't do, cannot do horror films. I understand the classics maybe aren't as uh, scary. They're more uh, thrillers. and uh, I, There's just no part of me that wants to sit down to watch horror movies. Um, I get scared, and I go through this a lot every Halloween where people ask me, why don't you like horror films? Grace loves them. You know, my pal Mark Riley loves them. Clark Wolf loves them. Me and McCougar over here going, Why we don't like being scared. There's a lot of things to feel and experience in this world. Being afraid, scared, is one of those options. I'm not going to run to it. I want to feel... I, I see Kristen McGee's chat. She says, let's get Ken a security blanket. And there you go. Kristen McGee is an evil witch. I just don't, I don't, and there's, I, there's think pieces on why it's valuable to be afraid. I think some horror movies can make great um, comments on society. I understand Get Out and the appeal of that. Um, what's the other one? Us. Grace had that on the other day. I wouldn't turn around. I wouldn't turn around. I was hearing scary things. I don't know why. I think it ties back to the time in, like, second grade. I peed my sleeping bag at a friend's birthday party because they convinced me that the, uh, you know, that Bloody Mary was in the bathroom mirror just waiting for me to come in and, and you know, and I had to go to the bathroom really bad and there was absolutely no way I was going to go in there because she was going to kill me. So I, I peed, you know, my sleeping bag. That stays with you. It stays with you. Silver Bullet. We watched that movie, Silver Bullet. I, I I know I've talked about this, too. This is sounding very familiar. Sorry, I'm remixing it. But it comes up every Halloween. Silver Bullet, which is the bad werewolf movie from, like, 85. We watched it. It was that same party, quite frankly. My friend Terry. <laughs> Terry. He failed me. He's the reason I peed the bed in the, the luxury movies. Because now that he's, you know, we watched this werewolf movie. I know it's a movie. I know it's not real. But I'm like seven or eight or nine age. I think it was like nine. And then they're telling ghost stories. And that's when the Bloody Mary thing comes up and she's in the bathroom. All you have to do is say the name three times and she comes out of the mirror. I'm like, ah. 
And then some dogs start barking in the distance in my friend's neighborhood, and he, and he convinced me those were werewolves. I still don't go to that area of my hometown. Kristen McGee says I should have peed on Terry. <laughs> I got to tell you, that sleeping bag was soaked. So in a way, I did. All right, that's weird. All right, Ken, you're weird. Robbie, you know I love you. I don't watch a lot. I just don't watch the horror movies. I just don't. Pete Rich, who's also in the chat right now, says, when making a peanut butter jelly sandwich, what kind of jelly do you go for? I'm strictly a strawberry man. Grape can F right off. Come at me, chat. Oh, doctor. Oh, doctor. Here we go. This is going to be something. All right. Uh, This is the pineapple on pizza of this week. I had toast this morning. I'm a big toast guy. You could probably tell that about me and my slippers. I'll have toast for dinner. I'd love a good peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You need to include butter. I don't care if it's a sea salt butter, maybe a, a margarine or a vegan substitute, whatever. You need to have some butter in there, kids. All right. Uh, I have, I had it today. Peanut butter, crunchy. I don't like to stir it. And strawberry, strawberry uh, preserve, whatever. Jelly preserve, jam. There's probably some weird difference. I don't care. You know what it is. I don't discount grape as easily as uh, Pete does. I think there's value in grape jam. I really think there is. But um, I think uh, Pete says raspberry is a good backup. So does Trey. Trey says red mother-loving raspberry. It looks like Chris McGee, are you team grape? These are There's a lot going on in the world right now. You all should get out and vote. But I, I don't want this. No one should discount this conversation. This is important stuff. Um, oh, Hillbilly Scribs and Old Handsaw proving that we are all in um, elderly phases. They add honey. I enjoy peanut butter and honey on the toast because that's that's a sticky fun mess. I'll tell you. I'll take giggity. That's that's a thing. My first choice, strawberry. Second choice is a uh, peach or an apricot. Preserve. Going out left field there, Pete. Then maybe a grape or a raspberry or a boysenberry. Boysenberry is good. Boysenberry is good. Though I'll tell you what, the thing about boysenberry jam, I do often associate boysenberry jam with like a farmer's market where someone made it in their own shed. Or it's organic, and I, I love organic stuff. I'm fine with that, but just like it's really organic. Like, do you want to try my boysenberry uh, jam? Yeah, it sounds great. It's not sweetened with anything but hate, and it's just kind of you just like pucker up. Like, mm-hmm. Boysenberry to me can go wrong, but I do enjoy. I'm not even sure what a boysenberry is, and I'm not. I'm not doing a hack joke. 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 Snozberries taste tastes like snozberries. I don't know, but. Um, blue, a blueberry jam. There's a lot of options. Grape is lower on the list for me. But I don't, Pete, I don't think it's wise 
in these troubled times to toss one jelly out for no good go good reason unless you're um you know unless you're allergic to grape grape jelly isn't it weird strawberry jam grape jelly it seems like the way to go right that's you know <laughs> uh i'm stupid anyways the right answer is clearly marmalade i'm kidding that stuff's from hell Pete just wants to watch the world burn. Graham Butler joins us live in chat. Graham's been uh, feeling under the weather lately. He stubbed his toe, and we're glad Graham's doing okay. Final prepared question of the day comes from uh, Jeff Scribbler Saunders, who just uh, recently celebrated a birthday. And I'm going to go into the boardroom chat here and drop a link. If anyone wants, it's in the Discord. I'll play that game. We can join the show. Um, all right. Uh, where was that? Where was that final question? Final prepared question today. Jeff Scribbler Saunders recently celebrated a birthday. Jeff writes, I could really use some advice. Do you ever have an idea for a joke and a bit that you know is gold? Your sense of humor, your gut, your intuition all tell you it will work. But no matter how you word it, time it, present it, it keeps falling flat. Do you just let it go, or do you have uh, advice for how to look at and approach the material different? You just got to wedge it through, and eventually uh, no one's uh, either they're going to get it or they don't. Uh, In terms of stand-up, I don't suggest holding on to a joke that doesn't work time and time again, Um, but there are some that I did hold to, and it's all about you have to eventually unlock it. It's a tag or something on the end. And I had a joke I prepared on a story that happened to a friend of mine named Dave, and he let me use the story. I will say it as carefully as I can, but he was on a, he used to live in Kentucky, uh, grew up in Kentucky, and uh, he was driving around, I think, on a road trip with some friends, and they were at a convenience store, like a liquor store. And an older lady, maybe a homeless, maybe not, we don't know, but just older lady, um, saw that he was finishing up his, his like, Dr. Pepper. It was, like, aluminum can. And she, he, he was, he had a bunch of them. And she approached him in the parking lot and said, I will, I will perform a certain <laughs> sexual act on you if I can have those cans. And it was a hilarious story. And... We're la- and I said, and he goes, you, it was one of the only times I don't, all my bits are my own, but he said, God, if you want to ever adapt that into a stand up bit, do it. I said, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So I would, I would try it as a stand up joke. And this whole story had the build up, had the old lady. She kind of, you know, I described, she looked like the old lady from Princess Bride going, bow down to the queen of garbage. Uh, and then it never worked. But everything about me, Everything about my gut, everything about my sense of humor, my outlook of the world. Because that the, the the important thing when you're constructing a, a bigger bit is what she said she would do for the cans isn't necessarily the joke. It's it's maybe the 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 end of the second act of the joke, but it's what do you do with that and how do you use that to comment? And I just I maybe I just couldn't unlock it, and maybe maybe that's what it is, Scripps. I just have to 
realized I just needed to punt the ball. The audience never reacted to it. My comic buddies did. This is why I had a reputation back in the day of being a comics comic, which just means um, the audience doesn't find you too funny. Um, But yeah, so that's my advice. Just keep reworking it. Go with your gut, go with your instincts, but also know when you shouldn't say something. That's the key, especially nowadays. And I'm not here saying that it's a it's a cancel culture issue or anything like that. It's just we 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 demand more out of our comedy a little bit, and and that's a that's an okay thing. The punch up, punch down kind of thing. I think a lot of things can be funny. I have a very dark sense of humor, and I keep some of it under wraps now a little bit more, um, um, a little bit more than when I would do the schmo news. Not that I said anything. There's nothing I said in Schmo's new Schmo's no news that I, I I think would be a problem. But it's just there was a bite behind some of it that I think wouldn't be as accepted now. So you have to know, reevaluate, relook at it. Um, just never worked. That joke never worked. If Chris Kiefer's still in live chat, he he was there. He was doing comedy with me back in the day. Um, he might remember that bit. It just didn't work. I wanted it to work so bad. Because there's sometimes there's an audience thing. Uh, it's the energy. Um, there's there's some bits I would do all the time that some nights would work and sometimes would, would not work. And I think it, there's, a, there's a lot of factors. But then there's when the one constant is this bit's not working, then there's a problem. Oh, look, here's uh, Chris is still here. Do you remember that bit? The I'll blank your blank for them cans bit? Never worked. Maybe I'd get a, a little titter of laughing. Laughter. Titter of laughing? That's a, I think that's a Moody Blues album. Uh, a little titter of laughing uh, would be about the most I would get if, if, I, uh, if I remember. I don't know. I also have a pretty self-loathing view of my comedy career. But Jeff Scribbler Saunders, you have a, a better comedy career in front of you. Just go with your gut. If it keeps falling flat, just keep reworking it, man. Practice makes perfect. Practice makes perfect. Tommy Tara Green is joining us now in the live stream. See, Chris Kiefer says, sounds familiar. Uh, sounds familiar. Yeah, that's the problem with the bit. It sounds familiar, but it definitely didn't work. It's not memorable. Not that I had a ton of memorable bits back in the day, but I bet you Chris Kiefer or other friends like Tim Powers and some of my other friends during that era who are still friends with me now, but just like who were there every week during the shows would be like, oh, yeah, Napsack had this bit about uh, Nine Numb or, you know, the sonogram bit. None of them would be uh, the recycled can bit. There you go. But Chris did LOL at the definition of comics comic. Yeah. Yeah. See, Chris is Chris is Chris. I'm going to say it. You're an example of a comics comic too. Always funny, always smart writing, great insight, and sometimes the audience struggled to get it. Just like me, uh, Brendan Gleeson back in the day, Mike Beatrice back in the day. There was that comics comic kind of label of this is some great stuff. Something's a little off, and it ain't necessarily us. So. Anyways, I love that. All right, so uh, we are uh, we got uh, got uh, we're gonna do the call here. We're gonna take some live calls via uh, Streamyard. I hope Streamyard works. Uh, we, the man who just asked the question, uh, Hillbilly Scribs, is here. 
Jeff, happy birthday. Happy belated birthday. How you doing, buddy? I, I'm doing great. Can, can you hear me okay on my Blue Yeti? Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. I love that. You're, I, uh, you're calling me out on something in our, in our private Discord. Um, yes. Technically, no Blue Yeti sounds good. It sounds just good enough. But that it's a price point issue for a lot of people. It's a cheaper USB mic, and it gets the job done. But I'm the bad guy for pointing out the truth. And I understand, Jeff. I understand. I know. I'm, I'm just picking on you, man. Uh, you're right. It, it's a As far as bang for your buck, it's a pretty good value mic. And, and it, it works good for, for what we use it for. Yeah. Giggity. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that. Again, I hope you had a good birthday. Did you do something special for your birthday, Jeff? I, I did. You know, I, I sat on the couch all day and watched TV. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, it was it was much needed. Uh, and then I kind of uh, I, yeah, I did I FaceTimed with my kids for a bit. Uh, that was that was much needed. And uh, I capped the night off uh, with uh, some of the guys from Feeding the Monster. We hopped on StreamYard and, yeah. and cracked open some cold ones and just kind of uh, had a little virtual happy hour for a bit. That's awesome. I hope you all were on Blue Yeti mics. That is great. Yes. Um, that's good. That's good. Yeah, it's a weird time to celebrate birthdays. It's been a weird year. Mm-hmm. And it's so weird. I'm thinking about it this, this as this pandemic rolls on and uh, sadly, in some cases, exploding in some areas. Uh, I'm, I'm like, I might end up having two birthdays in lockdown. That's a weird thing. That's t- depressing. But we make it work and you made it work, too. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's uh, like uh, like people smarter than than me have said. You know, you you make do with what you have, and and you you, you look for the good and and what's put in front of you, and yeah. embrace that. And and you know, yeah. uh, for for one of our friends in the chat, you muddle through the rest. You muddle through the rest, and that's one of Star Wars Alice's favorite words. I love the word muddle. Uh, Jeff, did you have any uh, specific call? A great question, by the way, about jokes and what works and what doesn't. Uh, but what's on your mind today, sir? Caller, mm-hmm. you're on the air. Uh, oh, oh uh, well, uh, no, I don't really have any other questions. <laughs> I just that's saw right. the link and thought that's, I'd jump on it. No one else was. Uh, that's perfect. Uh, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah, no one else was. Uh, you know, you know, Krista McGee. Uh, as evil as she is, would never jump on the league. Uh, she'd be afraid to. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, now, now we, yeah. we, we have we have coaxed her out of her hiding place a few times. Hmm. And I don't know if you know this, but uh, she has a tiny closet like right behind her where she records from. Okay. And there's there's a little troll in there. I'm not joking. Oh. It's It's a real thing. Wow. I believe that. I believe that um, it was she probably traveled somewhere and it attached itself to her and, and, and she brought it back. I had, an, I had an English teacher in high school who believed that actually happened to her and uh, she would tell everybody that was a fun class. But, yeah. OK, that's great. It's great. It's great. Uh, imagine this is an inside joke that is uh, working f- for Christy. Um, <laughs> Jeff, how is the Feeding the Monster podcast going? You all over there are putting together some fun stuff. How does it feel uh, being a podcaster? It, you know, it's it's a lot different. Uh, I kind of I kind of dipped my toes into all this stuff uh, when I was participating and helping out in the Schmodown fan leagues, and uh, that's kind of where I sort of found my my voice for for some of this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, since I've moved out of that and moved more into just the podcasting, yeah, uh, it's a uh, 
it, it's really it's really been a good fit, uh, you know. Um, and and a lot of that I think has to do with the guys that I do a lot of that stuff with. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we all bring something a little different to the table, and uh, we all complement each other uh, in in a really good way. Yeah. Uh, and then and then it's it's given. Do, doing all the stuff with them mm-hmm. and having done the stuff uh, in the fan leagues, it, it's given me the confidence to do some of the stuff on my own. Um, I, uh, I don't know, going back as far as I can remember, I, I, w- I always would, you know, kind of try to crack wise and make jokes, but uh, I never really had a lot of confidence with it. But first of all, now, first of all, Jeff, I'm getting there. Uh, first of all, I love that you uh, used like it was 1922. You're like, I, I used to crack wise, you see, and the teachers <laughs> didn't like it. Uh, yeah, that's that's one of my favorite phrases. That's a good phrase. It's, I love old phrases. I love old phrases. That's awesome. No, it's great. Hey, look, you're discovering your voice through podcasting. That's uh, that's one of the things I, I believe is possible. Uh, you know, uh, even if you have a Blue Yeti mic, you can uh, you can really uh, discover your voice and discover confidence, and that's going to go into other areas of life. Uh, you might one day even try stand up, Jeff. You don't even know. Maybe, maybe we'll we'll see. We'll see. It, it's a lot easier when I'm just recording into the thing and, and I don't have an audience, you know, yeah. and, and a whole bunch of crickets rubbing their legs together. Uh, I can, I can put out the jokes, but uh, yeah. there's, we'll see. There's nothing worse at the first bomb. Um, mm-hmm. And for many comics that will happen in the first set, I was fortunate enough to where it didn't happen until the third set. And then it was enough to almost end my comedy career three sets in so yeah i know what you mean you know what i mean those yep. those crickets are a problem all right jeff uh i'm gonna see if i can coax anyone uh, else to get in the the link is in the discord if you're watching live if you're listening later on a podcast form mm-hmm. look at all the fun you miss by not being here in the patreon page so um uh jeff uh happy birthday happy belated again and thank you so thank much you, for thank all you, you do and do we have oh by the way do we have anything uh coming up for saint baldrick's that we need to know about any uh drives or anything uh, not yet. I mean, the, the St. Baldrick's foundation, mm-hmm. they, they accept, uh, uh, donations year round. Right. Um, most of their, uh, big events that they do are usually around St. Patrick's day because that's when the organization originally started. Okay. Um, but, uh, as of right now, uh, don't really know anything. We'll usually start, uh, gearing up and looking at that stuff, uh, after new year's. Okay. Um, and I, I should know a little more about that. And, and right now, you know, I, I don't know uh, if we'll be able to do the big events in March. Sure. Uh, you know, we may still be in this situation that we're in now. And and the thing with, with those events, uh, the, the, or the live ones anyway, you have a lot of uh, kiddos and young people there uh, who are in remission yeah. or have gone through a bone marrow transplant. And, you know, they're still they're still to an, uh, to an extent immunocompromised. Yeah. So with all this COVID stuff going around, uh, it might be virtual this year, but we will do something. Well, count me in if you need any kind of help or getting the word out virtual or otherwise. You do great work and we we absolutely love what you do and we love you here around these parts. All right, buddy. 
Thank you. Thank you. All right. That is uh, Jeff Saunders, a.k.a. Scribbler, a.k.a. Well, not a.k.a. Hillbilly Scribs. That's his roommate. Uh, so, yeah, board room members, the link is up if uh, anyone wants to uh, join the conversation in the times I have left. I actually have to I, – I, I, I had long recording sessions today with Four Center, which was a lot of fun. But I got to run over to uh, the, the mailbox. I got to mail something. Then I got to go uh, socially distant meet a friend for a business meeting. We're going to meet in a park like two weirdos, and we'll see if I'm uh, not in jail by the morning uh, <laughs> over this business meeting. Uh, so a couple of minutes left here in the show. Always love doing this. TNF In Session is my, more than a Q&A, it's my hang with the people who really make so much uh, so much of my uh, content possible these days through Patreon and, and other spots, uh, and, I, and I really appreciate that. And uh, speaking of support, before I, I before we sign out of here, and again, I'll take some, anyone got uh, want to jump in on StreamYard with me, you know how it goes, and get in there. Kristen McGee says she's not going to do it. All right, all right, so she's truly an evil witch. Uh, we want to uh, do a little shout-out to uh, a friend of the show and a friend in real life, and if you're a movie trivia Schmodown fan, you probably have heard the news, but uh, for some of those... Um, Outside of the Schmodown fandom, uh, it doesn't matter about that. This is a human being going through something. We're going to do a, a shout-out to our friend Kevin Smets, uh, who uh, a new father, new husband, a great editor, been around this town for a while, a great movie trivia competitor, but more importantly, just a solid human being. Uh, recently um, uh, diagnosed with uh, stage 3 colon cancer, and he's... Uh, in for the fight of his life, um, but he announced it publicly this week, and uh, just it's 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 uh, heartbreaking, but it's heartwarming. And I, I uh, I've had uh, some email conversations with with Kevin the last week, and he's in such an amazing, impressive, and inspirational state of mind, which doesn't mean he doesn't have dark days or the fears or the doubts. Uh, and he's also doing this to get the word out about uh, colon cancer and getting checked. And this is something that is close to the heart of Josh McCuga, his brother Ben battled this. Uh, two years ago now, um, and all looking good on on his front. And but we know, especially with the you know the loss of Chadwick Boseman, this this is a battle and not to be overlooked. And we want to shout out Kevin. Uh, hashtag uh, Smash Cancer is what's been going around uh, to to kind of rally around him. Paul Preston, who um, actually you know lost his wife to pancreatic cancer in December of last year, started a GoFundMe. Uh, it's GoFundMe.com slash F slash Smash Cancer Help Kevin Smets. You can just search for it on GoFundMe. GoFundMe. There's uh, links everywhere. Uh, I will drop one into the YouTube uh, description here as well. Um, if you uh, if you want to support uh, Kevin in his uh, fight, uh, you know, having the financial burden taken away, and and you can go into the comments you want about healthcare and the state of healthcare and all that kind of stuff. But it, we are where we are right now, and and financial burdens are, can be an added stressor. And if you want to help, uh, you know, uh, relieve that or relieve that in part for someone, I think that's a great thing to do. So that Kevin can concentrate on what he needs to do right now, which is just absolutely uh, smashing the hell out of cancer. And he has something he uh, intends to do. And, um, you know, he's sober about the fact that this is a tough fight. And this is, he's going to have right now probably the toughest, uh, I mean, it is without a doubt, the toughest nine months of his uh, life and more. Um, but uh, we're all confident and we're all behind him and we're all sending the energy. But uh, um it also just reminded me, and I said a little bit on five extra minutes on the Patreon page and talking about it this week, but 
just reminds us uh, these are tough times and there's a lot of things to be concerned about. There's a lot of things to be worried about. There's a lot of things to, to maybe even fight about or debate and try to figure out the best way forward. But don't forget, we're all uh, human beings. And uh, at any point, this can change. At any point on a dime, it switches. And that never, never, never should leave um, the forefront of your mind uh, uh, as, as, you, as we all navigate this uh, earth. Uh, time is fleeting. Life precious. All those things you hear about. And, um, you know, I, uh, Christine chat saying, yeah, his strength of character is phenomenal. Phenomenal. And, and, it, and uh, you know, being kind to one another. Alice just said that in chat, too. It goes a long way. And that doesn't wash out disagreements or wash out these big debates we have in the world and, and society in our country right now. Being kind doesn't over doesn't overlook those problems. It's just a good first step, and maybe through kindness, uh, you can we can solve a lot more. And I don't mean to get bumper stickery and, and wishy washy, but part of Kevin's battle and learning about Kevin's battle this week, uh, it, it just um, that's what I felt was. Uh, you don't know, you don't know what's going on with someone else, and you don't know what you are going to have to face. So it's uh, nice to remind us all that we're uh, we're humans, um, you know. And you hate for these kind of things to be what reminds you of that, but uh, it's the way it is sometimes. So we love you, Kevin. Um, such a good, such a good human being, and um, uh, we're all behind him. So uh, highlight that again. Um, yeah, uh, GoFundMe.com slash F slash Smash Cancer Help Kevin Smith. The links are all out there. And a lot of you listening are probably already familiar with the situation because you're, you're fans of uh, either this community I'm in or the Schmodown. So we wanted to highlight that. All right. Well, um, if uh, Kristen McGee's not going to crawl out of her uh, nutcracker troll closet to uh, grace us with her presence, uh, I think we'll start wrapping up this episode of TNF In Session. Uh, just, uh, again, as always means a lot to have you guys hanging out with me, uh, and truly getting to know all of you and being able to joke around with you uh, all in a public manner on a show that there's probably people listening who don't really know who you are. You're just names I read off at the end of a show. Um, but you guys allow me to, to have fun and play in this community and I love it. I want to do a shout out to everyone who supports me on patreon.com slash Ken but particularly my executive producer supporters, which is uh, Thomas Rizling, Aletha Logan X, Matt Thompson, Nathan Ovendale, Taymor from House Buddha. He's back. Ty Schallenberger, Chad Benefield, Tommy Terry Green. That's just one of my favorite names to say. Tommy Terry Green, Jonas Bergen, Old Hansaw, Zach Taylor, Ranger Donald, and Fair Smooth Donna. Uh, they are the executive producers, but so many people support me and, um, just make my dreams come true. And I love you all for that there. Uh, as always, you can uh, follow the podcast uh, wherever you want. It's also now on Amazon Music. You can also support directly on Anchor, too. But uh, the best way to support the show, as I always say, especially with Saturday Night Napsuck, is just tell a friend. Tell a friend so Ken can still live his dreams. All right? That's it for this week. Go to KenNapsuck.com for more. I was going to say, if I, I don't have any new live shows coming, so stay tuned for that, though. Uh, you're all the best. Except for you, Graham. I'm kidding. You're the best of us. We'll see you next week here. TNF In Session. <laughs>